0: We come together this morning both here in the Kirk building and online for this Remembrance Sunday service. It's a Remembrance Sunday, the like of which we have not seen before. There will be no parade this morning, no public gathering to lay wreaths at the War Memorial, although our intrepid Alan Miki will be there with one wreath and a piper. And the rest of us will lay wreaths or stones sometime later in the day to remember. It's a remembrance day like no other, but it's still important that we do remember. That we remember the sacrifice of men and women in the past for us, for our country, for our world, and for the values that we hold dear And we come knowing, as the hymn says, that without the help of God from whom these values originate, all that we do and all that we stand for would be a forlorn hope. And so we come together this morning to ask God to teach us and show us once again his ancient paths that we might once again devote ourselves to walking in them, always through his strength and with his guidance. Let's pray together as we approach God who is there to guide us and give us his strength. God, we we come before you this morning to remember victims of war over many centuries and in every corner of the world, people known to us members of our families and others that we may never know and who may be sadly forgotten. We come knowing that you do not stand aloof from the suffering experienced here on earth, whether that's in war or in other ways. You, God, know only too well the searing anguish of the loss of someone close. Because your son, Jesus Christ, too, died on a cruel cross on a lonely hill. Thank you that death was not the end for Jesus. But Three days after his cruel execution, he rose victorious to new life. Because he has done that, there is hope for all who would trust in him, whether they live or whether they die. Thank you, too, that because of him, our Prince of Peace, there is hope for the end of all war and misery in our world. And so, Lord, we come to worship you this morning. And we ask that by your spirit, you would inspire our worship, that at the end of our time here, we may go with hearts full of thankfulness for what you have done for us, hearts full of your spirit to be transformed ourselves and to help change our world for the better. We pray now together the words the Lord Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil thine is the kingdom the power the glory forever amen Stuart is now going to bring us our
1: scripture reading this morning from the new testament book of romans chapter 8 verses 31 to 35 and then 37 to 39 and this passage is taken from the new international version Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Thank you very much, Stuart. Let's pray as we turn to reflect on God's word. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for the humility that brought Jesus into the world. Thank you for the love that sent him to the cross. Thank you for the hope that his resurrection brings to us all. Open now for us this story of your unending love for us as we reflect on Scripture. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. On Remembrance Sunday, we are used to thinking about folks who were on our side in the war. People who showed bravery and sacrificed their lives for our freedom. And it's only right that we do so. They should be remembered. And we do do that today. It's easy to stand for something when everyone else is for it too. Much harder is it to go against the crowd for what you know and believe is right and to suffer the consequences. Today, I'd like to introduce you to some unlikely heroes of the Second World War, some German young people who stood up against the Nazi regime and against the vast majority in their country who supported Hitler during the Second World War. Prominent among this resistance movement was a girl in her early 20s named Sophie Scholl, Sophie was an ordinary student studying biology and philosophy in the university in Munich. She grew up with her mum and dad and five siblings in, in Württemberg. Her father, Robert, had been the mayor of that hometown until his opposition to the Nazis got him ousted from his position. When both his son and daughter, Sophie, and her brother Hans, in high school joined the Nazi youth, Robert was not pleased, and he let his children know his displeasure. It wasn't until later that both Sophie and Hans realized that their father was indeed right in his opposition to Hitler. It was 1942 The war raged for five years now. At first, the Nazi troops were victorious everywhere they turned. It seemed they couldn't be beaten. But now things were beginning to fall apart, and the regime was getting nervous. Sophie's brother, Werner, was fighting on the Eastern Front, and together with other friends, he reported how terrible were the the defeats the Nazis were suffering at the hands of the intrepid Russians. In the German papers, however, it was all about victory. Furthermore, Sophie had also seen and heard what was happening to Jewish friends and neighbors. And reports were being smuggled in about how Germans were slaughtering Russian POWs by the thousands and burying them in mass graves on the Eastern Front. Sophie had been brought up a Lutheran. And although Hitler suggested that the Romans had God on their side, Sophie knew that what was happening did not sit well with what she knew of the compassionate and loving savior that she had learned about in Sunday school and from her parents. Her brother Hans, a medical student, became inspired by some unlikely sermons that he read by Cardinal Henry Newman. And so together with friends Alec, Christoph, and a few others, they became the white rose movement the white rose movement was a secret organization determined to speak out and to do something their only weapons against the nazi regime were an old typewriter a small printing press and tin stencils for painting graffiti on walls late at night when they wouldn't be caught their strategy was simple to tell the truth. They wrote six different leaflets and distributed them mostly by post, picking people randomly out of the phone book and sending these leaflets anonymously. Leaflets were also taken by brave volunteers to other cities all over the country where they were left in public places for passers-by to pick up on the 18th of February, 1943. Upon printing their sixth letter, they realized that there were loads left over, so Hans and Sophie decided to go to their university and leave the leaflets outside the lecture hall for other students to pick up. And they did that. But as Hans and Sophie were leaving the building, they were stopped and arrested by the Gestapo. Their friend Christoph was also later arrested. And all three were interrogated and tried before a vigilante court. And they were sentenced to death on the 22nd of February, 1943. Their final letter was smuggled out of Germany, printed and dropped by Allied forces over German cities. Purity and innocence in the face of evil. That is what Sophie said the white rose stood for. Paul the Apostle wrote a letter to his friends in Rome, part of which Stuart kindly read for us earlier. Paul and his friends were faced with the same kind of situation that Sophie, Hans, and Christoph faced, even worse. Paul lists in verse 35 of that passage what he and his friends were up against. Hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, and sword. Paul lived in the Roman Empire Being a Christian, standing up for truth, was a dangerous thing. It was so much easier and a great temptation just to keep your head down. Even easier, and indeed, the only way to get ahead was to join in with what everyone else thought and what everyone else did. Paul, in his letter, reminds his friends that God's truth is not always popular, but it is still the truth. And he also reminds them of the example of Jesus, God himself. God made flesh and come to earth. Jesus stood for the truth. and He was put to death for it. And yet, Paul says, Jesus now sits in heaven at God's right hand. God, in the end, vindicated Jesus and what he stood for. Paul says to his friends, because you belong to Jesus, because you trust in Jesus, God will do the same for you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I wonder what you or I would have done in Sophie's shoes. Doing the right thing in this world is often a costly thing, but it is something with God's help that we can all do, whether we are soldiers on the front line, students in a lecture hall, or just ordinary people living ordinary lives. Today on Remembrance Sunday, let's remember the red poppy, but let's also remember the white rose. Both these flowers are on the face of it so easily crushed, but God's word tells us that they represent that which will endure, love that gives, not counting in cost and truth that will in the end prevail over a world of lies. God promises that when we stand for these, we will be part of his uncrushable kingdom. Amen, and may God bless to us this reflection on his word and on the life of Sophie Scholl. So on Remembrance Sunday, let us bring before God, God of peace, our prayers for his world, for his church, and for all his people. Let us pray. Merciful God, we pray for peace in our hearts and our homes our nations, and our world. The peace which is your will. The peace which we so badly need. We remember today, O Lord, all those who have died in any kind of war throughout the world. Soldiers who have perished in the horror of battle, Innocent people buried beneath the rubble from bomb attacks. Men, women, and children brutally attacked and murdered in their villages. Today, we remember especially those victims of the two world wars, including those close to us, or to our parents and grandparents. Grandparents. We remember those who came home with terrible injuries, both physical and psychological, those whose loved ones never returned. Remembering the conflicts of the past and the sacrifices which were made, we pray for a world where war is still a grim reality. Lord, as we remember those who have lost their lives, we ask you to help us to renew our fight against cruelty and injustice, against prejudice, tyranny, and oppression. Still, we cry out to you in the darkness of a divided world. Let not the hope of men and women perish. Let not new clouds rain death upon the earth. Lord, hear our prayer for the multitudes in every country who do not want war and are ready to walk the path of peace. May their voice be heard and may they not lose heart. Lord God, we pray for the leaders of the nations at this time, asking you to pour out your spirit of reconciliation on them. Give them a longing to bring freedom from fear and freedom from want for all peoples. Give strength and courage to those who bear heavy responsibilities for the peace of the world. We pray also for the Christian church, called to witness to your love in this generation. May Christians work with all men of goodwill to break down the barriers which divide people. Merciful God, we pray for all who face difficulties in their personal lives, problems in their families, In their friendships, in their neighborhoods, or in their workplace. Help them to be calm in times of uncertainty, patient with those around them. Show us when we can help and give support to others around us. On this day of remembrance, Our hearts and prayers go out to all who mourn the loss of those we have loved. When we lose someone close, we feel that part of us dies, but also that part of them lives on in us. Give us strength and understanding to honor and cherish that gift. Help all those who are bereaved to find the same consolation that in knowledge of your love they may honor the past by looking to the future. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light which no darkness can quench. We now remember before God all those who have died and we light a candle to symbolize the light of Christ. A light which eternally shines and eternally brings hope. Lord God, you turn our darkness into light. In your light, we shall see light. Lord, finally, we pray for ourselves that we may put all our confidence in you. Oh Lord, you know we are often filled with fear and foreboding. Give us courage and deepen our trust. You are a rock on which nothing can shatter. On you we can place the whole weight of our lives. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.